0: Good morning, everyone. It's good to be here together with you on this New Year's Eve. You've got about 13 hours left to make the lame see-you-next-year jokes, so get it out of your system. If you haven't already, uh, you can make your way around after the gathering and uh, tell everyone that. Last January, we started a series of messages in the book of Mark, and the Sort of the main goal of that series was just to really, in a very intentional and specific way, think together about the question, what does it look like for us to live as followers of Jesus? Obviously, that's like a part of what the entire Bible is about. uh, But there's something unique about the gospel accounts, which are the biographical accounts of Jesus' life and ministry, They just give us a unique perspective, and they generate questions uh, for us that some other parts of the Bible don't or uh, just don't in the same way. And so we sat out to just ask that question, because after all, to be a Christian means to be a follower or an apprentice of Jesus. Certainly there's aspects of, you know, there's things that we believe and and all of that, and that's true, Uh, but to be a follower of Jesus means to be a follower of Jesus in the way that we live. And so we've been trying to think together as a church family about what does it look like, let's just go to the life and ministry of Jesus and just ask this question, what does it look like for us to live as his apprentices? And because the book of Mark is 16 chapters long, we made a promise that we would not do the entire thing in one sitting. (laughs) We wouldn't uh, go through that series without any breaks. So we took off uh, for this past fall and this past Advent, and now this morning we are coming back into the book of Mark. One of the unique things that we have done along the journey in the book of Mark is we have been reading portions of the Bible out loud. Maybe uh, there may be some of you who have never been to a church where you've just taken like an extended period of time, whether it's 30 minutes or an hour and a half, like we've done in the past, maybe you've never been to a church that's just sat there and read the Bible out loud uh, with no teaching, with no explanation, with no sermon, just hearing the word of God. Uh, We believe that the word of God is worth just listening to. And obviously we value uh, teaching and we value uh, helping you understand what the Bible says. And yet there's also, we just need to create a space where we can simply listen to uh, the word of God read out loud. And so that's what we're going to do this morning. We're going to read chapters 8 through 11 of the book of Mark. And before we do that, I want to just, uh, there's something I need to tell you about really quick. Uh, If you've been around Elmwood for a while, you know that we are, uh, we really care about providing resources and tools for you to help you cultivate spiritual rhythms in your life. Uh, We believe that uh, spiritual rhythms are one of the ways that we cultivate a kind of intimacy with Jesus and live with Jesus and abide in him. And so you know, you, you may think of, you may have heard the language before of spiritual disciplines, which can feel very wooden and sort of, you know, uh, very rigid, uh, but spiritual rhythms are really just a way of how do, how do we help, help all of the people who call Elmwood home to cultivate rhythms in their life of being together with Jesus. And so that's one of the things we really care about. And so we also want to provide resources. You know, as you set out on the rhythms of Bible and prayer and Sabbath and community and mission, we want to provide resources to help you do that. Uh, Crossway is a Christian publisher that produces just all sorts of awesome materials. And they did this last year and they're doing it again this year. I got an email saying that Crossway is having like this massive sale. And I just need to tell you about this because uh, as you seek to cultivate a spiritual life with jesus they have so many resources that can be very helpful to you so if you are a crossway plus member which basically just means you sign up for an account it doesn't cost anything it means that any of their audiobooks and any of their ebooks from monday through friday this week are on sale for 2.99 which is like super cheap let me put this in perspective for you they have uh, the esv commentary it's like a nine-volume commentary that goes through the entire Bible. And if you purchase a hard copy of this ESV commentary, they're like $70 a piece. Last year, they were a part of the sale so that these commentary sets and all these resources are 2 99 which is like just insane to think about. I use those commentaries in my own personal study and my own prep for sermons here on Sunday so I just encourage you go to crossway.org and just look around and see what they have. They have so many helpful resources, and uh, just th- there's no better time. If you can handle eBooks, I know some of you can't do that. You need paper, but if you're able to handle uh, eBooks or listening to audiobooks, it's just a really great opportunity uh, for you at the beginning of the year to uh, maybe step into some of those resources that can help you in your walk with Jesus. So wanted to just tell you about that before we got into the. Um, reading this morning. Uh, So with that being said, I'm going to, as we do each time we read uh, extended portions of the Bible, I'm just going to leave a few minutes for silence. And by a few minutes, I literally mean a few minutes, like two minutes. We're going to sit in silence. And of course, because we don't have children's sermon time, that's silence is relative today. Okay. So you may hear rustling or you may hear children. That's okay. Uh, We're just going to sit together in silence, and then we are going to hear God's word read and then come to the communion table together. So let's take two minutes of silence together before we read Mark 8 through 11. God, you promise that your word does not return void. And so we look forward to this time together with anticipation for what you're going to do. God, we thank you that your word and the power of your spirit is able to teach us and instruct us. And so we look forward to what you're going to do. Give us ears to hear. Help us be good listeners, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: During those days, another large crowd gathered. Since they had nothing to eat, Jesus called his disciples to him and said, I have compassion for these people. They have already been here, been with me three days, and have nothing to eat. If I send them home hungry, they will collapse on the way, because some of them have come a long distance. His disciples answered, But where in this remote place can anyone get enough bread to feed them? How many loaves do you have? Jesus asked. Seven, they replied. And he told the crowd to sit down on the ground. When he had taken the seven loaves and given thanks, he broke them and gave them to his disciples to distribute to the people. And they did so. They had a few small fish as well. He gave thanks for them also and told the disciples to distribute them. The people ate and were satisfied. Afterward, the disciples picked up seven basketfuls of broken pieces that were left over. About 4,000 were present. After he had sent them away, he got into the boat with his disciples and went away to the region of Dalmathua. The Pharisees came and began to question Jesus. To test him, they asked him for a sign from heaven. He sighed deeply and said, Why does this generation look for a sign? Truly I tell you, no sign will be given to it. Then he left them, got into the boat, and crossed to the other side. The disciples had forgotten to bring bread, except for one loaf they had with them in the boat. Be careful, Jesus warned them, Watch out for the yeast of the Pharisees and that of Herod. They discussed this with one another and said, It is because we have no bread. Aware of their discussion, Jesus asked them, Why are you talking about having no bread? Do you still not see or understand? Are your hearts hardened? Do you have eyes that fail to see and ears that fail to hear? And don't you remember when I broke the five loaves for the 5,000, how many basketfuls basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? Twelve, they said. And when I broke the seven loaves for the 4,000, how many basketfuls of pieces did you pick up? They answered, Seven. He said to them, Do you still not understand? They came to Bethsaida, And some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. When he had spit on the man's eyes and put his hands on him, Jesus asked, Do you see anything? He looked up and said, I see people. They look like trees walking around. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes. Then his eyes were opened, his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home, saying, Don't even go into the village. And Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, Who do people say I am? And they replied, Some say John the Baptist, others say Elijah, and still others, one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, You are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. He then began to teach them that the Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law and that he must be killed, and after three days, rise again. He spoke plainly about this. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. Then he called the crowd to him, along with his disciples, and said, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. And whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world, yet forfeit their soul? or what can anyone in exchange give for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in the Father's glory with the holy angels.
2: And he said to them, Truly I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see that the kingdom of God has come with power. After six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John with him and led them up a high mountain where they were all alone. There he was transfigured before them. His clothes became dazzling white, whiter than anyone in the world could bleach them. Why then is it written that the Son of Man must suffer much and be rejected? But I tell you, Elijah has come, and they have done to him everything they wished, just as it is written about him. When they came to the other disciples, they saw a large crowd around them and the teachers of the law arguing with them. As soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. "'What are you arguing with them about?' he asked." help me in my unbelief. Then Jesus saw that a crowd was running to the scene, and he rebuked the impure spirit. You deaf and mute spirit, he said. I command you, come out of him and never enter him again. The spirit shrieked, convulsed him violently, and came out. The boy looked so much like a corpse that many said, he's dead. But Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him to his feet, and he stood up. After Jesus had gone indoors, his disciples asked him privately, Why couldn't we drive it out? And he replied, This kind can come out only by prayer. They left that place and passed through Galilee. Jesus did not want anyone to know where they were. Because he was teaching his disciples, he said to them, The Son of Man is going to be delivered into the hands of men. They will kill him, and after three days he will rise. But they did not understand what he meant and were afraid to ask him about it. They came to Capernaum, and when he was in the house, he asked them, What are you arguing about on the road? But they kept quiet because on the way they had argued about who was the greatest. Sitting down, Jesus called the twelve and said, Anyone who wants to be first must be the very last and the servant of all. He took a little child whom he placed among them, Taking the child in his arms, he said to them, Whoever welcomes one of these little children in my name welcomes me, and whoever welcomes me does not welcome me but the one who sent me. Teacher, said John, we saw someone driving out demons in your name, and we told him to stop because he was not one of us. Do not stop him, Jesus said, for no one who does a miracle in my name can in the next moment say anything bad about me, for whoever is not against us is for us. Truly I tell you, anyone who gives you a cup of water in my name because you belong to the Messiah will certainly not lose their reward. If anyone causes one of these little ones, those who believe in me, to stumble, it would be better for them if a large millstone were hung around their neck and they were thrown into the sea. If your hand causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life maimed than with two hands to go into hell where the fire never goes out. And if your foot causes you to stumble, cut it off. It is better for you to enter life crippled than to have two feet and be thrown into hell. And if your eye causes you to stumble, pluck it out. It is better for you to enter the kingdom of God with one eye than to have two eyes and be thrown into hell
1: where the worms
2: that eat them do not die and the fire is not quenched. Everyone will be salted with fire. Salt is good, but if it loses its saltiness, how can you make it salty again? Have salt among yourselves and be at peace with one another.
3: Jesus then left that place and went into the region of Judea and across the Jordan Again, crowds of people came to him, and as was his custom, he taught them. Some Pharisees came and tested him by asking, Is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife? What did Moses command you? He replied. They said, Moses permitted a man to write a certificate of divorce and send her away. It was because your hearts were hard that Moses wrote you this law, Jesus replied. But at the beginning of creation, God made them male and female. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. When they were in the house again, the disciples asked Jesus about this. He answered, Anyone who divorces his wife and marries another woman commits adultery against her. And if she divorces her husband and marries another man, she commits adultery Teacher, he declared, all these I have kept since I was a boy. Jesus looked at him and loved him. One thing you lack, he said. Go, sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. At this, the man's face fell. He went away sad because he had great wealth. Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. But many who are first will be last, and the last first. They were on their way up to Jerusalem, with Jesus leading the way, and the disciples were astonished, while those who followed were afraid. Again he took the twelve aside and told them what was going to happen to him. We are going up to Jerusalem, he said, and the Son of Man will be delivered over to the chief priests and the teachers of the law. They will condemn him to death and will hand him over to the Gentiles. "'who will mock him and spit on him, "'flog him and kill him. Three days later, he will rise. "'Then James and John, the sons of Zebedee, came to him. "'Teacher,' they said, "'we want you to do for us whatever we ask.' "'What do you want me to do for you?' he asked. "'They replied, "'Let one of us sit at your right "'and the other at your left in your glory. "'You don't know what you are asking,' Jesus said.' Can you drink the cup I drink or be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with? We can, they answered. Jesus said to them, You will drink the cup I drink and be baptized with the baptism I am baptized with, but to sit at my right or left is not for me to grant. These places belong to those for whom they have been prepared. When the ten heard about this, they became indignant with James and John. Jesus called them together and said, "You know." As Jesus and his disciples, together with a large crowd, were leaving the city, a blind man, Bartimaeus, which means son of Timaeus, was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to shout, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Many rebuked him and told him to be quiet, but he shouted all the more, son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and said, call him. So they called the blind man.
0: Those who went ahead and those who followed shouted, Hosanna! Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Blessed is the coming kingdom of our father David. Hosanna in the highest heaven. Jesus entered Jerusalem and went into the temple courts. He looked around at everything, but since it was already late, he went out to Bethany with the twelve. The next day as they were leaving Bethany, Jesus was hungry. Seeing in the distance a fig tree in leaf, he went to find out if it had any fruit. When he reached it, he found nothing but leaves because it was not the season for figs. Then he said to the tree, may no one ever eat fruit from you again. And his disciples heard him say it. On reaching Jerusalem... Truly, I tell you, if anyone says to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and does not doubt in their hearts, but believes that what they say will happen, it will be done for them. Therefore, I tell you, whatever you ask for in prayer, believe that you have received it and it will be yours. And when you stand praying, if you hold anything against anyone, forgive them so that your heavenly father may forgive you your sins. They arrived again in Jerusalem. And while Jesus was walking in the temple courts, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, and the elders came to him. By what authority are you doing these things? They asked. And who gave you authority to do this? Jesus replied, I will ask you one question. Answer me and I will tell you by what authority I'm doing these things. John's baptism. Was it from heaven Or of human origin, tell me. They discussed it among themselves and said, if we say from heaven, he will ask, then why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, they feared the people. For everyone held that John really was a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. Jesus said, neither will I tell you by what authority I am doing these things. Here ends the reading. These chapters in Mark that you just heard read tell about Jesus' journey to the cross. And as Mark tells us about Jesus' journeying to the cross, we see a repeated theme of Jesus telling his disciples over and over and over again, this is the meaning of my death. I'm going to be handed over, I'm going to be executed, and I'm going to give my life as a ransom for many. His disciples needed to hear that message over and over and over and over again. And we don't need to hear anything different. We need to hear the same message over and over again about Jesus and about his life and his death and what his death accomplished. And one of the ways that we get to remember, and and as we focus our attention on the meaning of Jesus' death, is to come to the communion table. And as we do, we're reminded that Jesus came to give his life as a ransom for many so that those of us who are enslaved to sin and death could be set free. So we get to remember and celebrate why Jesus came to give his life to be a ransom for many. As we come to the communion table, I want to invite you to take just a few moments of silence. Maybe there's something from the reading that you want to just think about or ponder or something that you need to bring before the Lord. But I want to just give you just a few moments of silence and confession before we come and remember Christ at the table.